This is Sam Glynn of Code in Motion, and you're listening to Cyber 321. Plain English Cyber in three articles, two numbers, and one action. It's the 11th of March, 2022. And in the first of three articles this week, it discusses that as Russia invaded, hackers broke into a Ukrainian internet provider, and then did it again as bombs rained down. Over recent days, with Russia continuing its heavy bombardment across Ukraine, parts of the country have seen severe internet outages. One cause appears to be a cyber attack on a telecoms provider, which serves a substantial number of users across the country. Sources within the company and a former co-founder of the business said that a cyber attack had occurred, with one claiming that some of the internal computers had stopped working because the attackers had reset the settings to a factory level. They added that recovery was proving difficult because some equipment required physical access to restore, which was not possible due to the risk of life to personnel. A post on the company's Telegram page revealed that the company had, in fact, been hacked twice. A source within the company said the first hack hit on February 24th as Russia moved tanks into the country, with the second on March 9th. And they both had pretty much the same effect. In the second article this week, we discuss how cyber risk transfer through cyber insurance will get more difficult and more expensive. And this reflects the fact that the number of ransomware attacks in the US rose more than 300% during 2020. One reason, say cybersecurity specialists who track ransomware threats, is that companies are too quick to pay the ransoms, relying on their insurance policies for reimbursement. The insurance company pays the ransom, the criminals make more money, so they make more ransomware, which leads to more insurance, which leads to more payment, and so we get into this vicious cycle. Insurers say they aren't the ones making the decision to pay a ransom. That responsibility lies with the client, and insurers are contractually obliged to comply. Insurers are beginning to change their approach to cyber policies in response to the rise in claims and in response to the more public scrutiny of ransom payments. As a contributor asked, if you sell car insurance and you constantly deal with people who leave their car unlocked and the keys in the ignition, would you keep dealing with them? I am still amazed at the simplicity of cyber insurance policy application forms. When we apply for car insurance, we're asked numerous questions about our defences. So it's inevitable that insurers will start asking similar questions about our cyber defences. And as prices rise and cover becomes more limited, I think transferring the risk through insurance rather than mitigating the risk through better cybersecurity defences may become less appealing. And the third article this week is the one of most interest to me, and it's the questions that board members should ask about cybersecurity. Boards have a unique role in helping organisations manage cybersecurity threats. They don't have day-to-day management responsibility, but they do have oversight and fiduciary responsibility, including managing business risks. Asking the smart questions at your next board meeting might just prevent a breach from becoming a total disaster. To figure out what to ask, an article in the Harvard Business Review is highly recommended, titled Seven Pressing Security Questions Boards Need to Ask. I will discuss the seven questions themselves at a later point, but it also advises board members about the key things they need to know about cybersecurity. For example, it's important to recognise that cybersecurity is about more than protecting data. Our organisations are more connected than ever, so an attack on the organisation or its business partners could cause major disruption and also be difficult to keep from public view. The board of directors must ensure the organisation has a plan, but it's not the board's job to write the plan. It recommends the NIST cybersecurity framework with its key areas of identify, protect, detect, respond and recover as a good structure for board members to use when assessing the organisation's plans. 
And finally, it discusses ways to translate the language of the cybersecurity teams into the language of the board. Directors don't need to become cyber experts, although having one on the board is a good idea. By establishing clear, consistent communication to share useful and objective metrics for information system controls and human behaviours, it becomes easier to understand what's going on. And finally, directors asking smart questions of their cybersecurity executives are all ways that the board can manage business risk effectively. The first of two numbers this week is 5,800. And that's the number of wind turbines in Germany and Central Europe that were knocked offline as a result of a cyber attack on a major satellite internet service provider. Due to a massive disruption of the satellite connection in Europe, the German manufacturer is quoted as saying that remote monitoring and control of thousands of wind power converters is currently only possible to a limited extent. But there is no danger to the wind turbines, which continue to produce energy, but can no longer be reset remotely if needed. So I have two questions. What does resetting a wind turbine mean? And what happens if you can't reset it? The second number this week is 60 minutes, and that is how long it would take a hacker to crack an eight-character password through brute force attacks. By comparison, a 12-character password generated by a password manager could take 3,000 years to crack. The one action this week is, if you're a board member, ask these seven questions. And this goes back to the article that I mentioned earlier from the Harvard Business Review. If you're a board member or a senior manager, you really should read it. You may not be a cyber expert, but the seven questions recommended by the authors are easy to understand and could reveal gaps in your organization's defenses. The seven questions are, number one, what are our most important assets and how are we protecting them? Number two, what are the layers of protection we have in place? Number three, how would we know if we've been breached? Number four, what are our response plans in the event of an incident? Number five, what are our recovery plans in such an incident? Number six, what is the board's role? And number seven, are we doing enough? If you need someone to talk to the board or you just need a bit of one-to-one -one guidance, give me a call. That's it for this week. Until next time, take care.